0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company. And today I'm so excited to be joined by the wonderful Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays the young Thaisa in Yellow Jackets. And in kind of going back to the beginning of season one, there's something that you've mentioned in terms of just finding the tone previously and and how that was definitely part of the journey of coming onto a show like this. And I was so interested in in what that really looked like for you and the rest of the cast, especially because a lot of filming in season one really was just in this bubble experience for all of you where it was just the cast, you're filming on location in the middle of Canada, and there really weren't a lot of external people around kind of coming on and off set to see you were all doing and so what was that that like for you in terms of really just understanding not just the the development of your character but really trying to figure out what that very specific tone of a show like this was going to be?
1: Such a good question that's such a good point that no one was coming and going so we didn't really have anyone to gauge what we were doing off of like friends, managers, partners. It was it's scary. It's like dating blind like <laughs> You've been seeing someone in a bubble, and no one in your family has met them, and you're like, "Is it as good as it seems? Like are there warning signs that no that I'm not aware of?" Um, it was scary, it was special, um, and I'm glad that it's over. It's nice to have it out there and to know what we're making now
0: and when When you first started the role, obviously it's it's kind of a brief moment at the beginning of the show where we get to meet the characters before they end up in the situation after the plane crash. And so how, how much time did you want to spend really filling in a lot of information, filling in a lot of the gaps and a lot of the backstory and history of your character to then really understand if we strip away all of the securities and the day-to-day of the world that she usually has around her, what does that look like in a situation like this where she's literally on the brink of potential life or death situations every day all of a sudden? That was one of my favorite
1: pieces of the journey was that beginning time. I spent hours and hours and hours asking and answering those questions for myself. Like, what does a typical day look like for Taisa? Like, what does it feel like for her walking from uh, her first period class to her locker to her second period class? What was it like with her grandma and her parents, like filling in all of those questions that will probably never be answered on the show for myself helped inform the character and the behavior and everything you just mentioned when we get to the woods and it's all stripped away. And that's one of my favorite parts of being an actor is that, precious creative time because at the end of the day it doesn't matter like it does not matter what I decide her backstory is when I come on camera and do the script and make certain choices you as a viewer with your history and everything you are as a person you're going to view this character through the lens of who you are so like that part for me is really personal because who cares what I decide who cares if it lines up with the backstory the writers have in mind as long as when I put her on camera, she feels fully lived in. Um, And so it's fun and it's precious and it's private. And it's one of my favorite parts of
0: my job. I really, really love that. And, And even kind of off the back of that, Um, I've heard you mention with with season one that one of your favorite things about a character like this on the show was just that there's always so much more going on with her than necessarily the dialogue on the page. And there's always a lot of really rich subtext to her. And do you find that your relationship with kind of really diving into the subtext has has evolved over the time that you've now spent with her because obviously at the beginning of season one it was a lot of what you were even just saying there of figuring out that backstory and how that might influence certain things and now you really have this kind of cadence and, and really deep relationship with her as a character so has that changed the way that you go into scenes thinking about and finding that subtext? Absolutely,
1: like I don't really think about it nearly as much anymore. And there are moments where I go, oh, am I being lazy? And I go, no, I don't think I'm being lazy. I think I just, I've never, well, I got to do Mindy and Scream twice. So aside from her, well, okay, I did another show for two years. Anyway, it's really rare that you get to come back to a character. Um, I think this just felt so intense and specific because we shot the first episode in 2019 and then shot the other nine in 2021. So, so much time I had spent in this character that coming back, I knew her so well, I don't have to think too much about that. And I can kind of just arrive and see what happens and see what subtext presents itself based on all the choices all the other actors are making. Um, And it's fun. And I think I can attribute part of that to that groundwork that I laid season one that I was just talking about with like the hours spent going through memories and scripts.
0: Has has that also been a, a similar case in terms of just, there's so many wonderful ensemble scenes and moments because your your characters are all literally trapped in this very insular space. And, and again, it's as much as you were learning your character at the beginning, you were also learning and understanding her relationship dynamics with every single member of the cast at the same time that you're all getting to know each other off screen at the same time. And, and so coming back into the second season, one of the gifts is, you know knowing what these relationships are with one another and then also having built those relationships off camera as well and so what was hi oh
1: boy oh my gosh sorry but this is just I love it okay what was the last part of your that's all I that was my birthday gift thank you moose um
0: But in in essence, it's kind of like, how, how has that dynamic of, of kind of coming into a second season in terms of ensemble scenes really evolved as well? Because it's, it's both the relationships on camera, but also everything off camera that's coming into that at this point. Yeah.
1: You know, what's funny is we all, I think everyone, but Liv hate the ensemble scenes. Liv loves them. The rest of us are like, get me out of here. We want one-on-one scenes. There's just so much going on. There's like seven to 10 people talking and we all feel like, what am I doing here? Like it's, I think it's more fun to watch than it is to play. Cause when we're in the one-on-one scenes or even two on one, three, whatever, it feels so much more intimate and like we really get to work. Um, but I think to your point, the ensemble scenes this season, they, they just flow so much easier because we now have 22, 22, like three and a half years of knowing each other and of embodying these characters. And so there's just a natural rapport and even like, yeah, team-like or sibling-like energy of like annoyance, frustration, gratitude. There's so much going on, on and off screen.
0: I think I think it's so interesting as well, what you're saying in terms of that preference for one-on-one scenes and how those give you a lot more because it also feels like Thais as a character Is very much that way as well. She very, you know, she's not as open in front of the group as a whole. But then when it's scenes with her and Van or scenes with her and Shauna, where there's like a really lovely relationship that's developed between the two of them, those are the spaces where she really starts to open up. And so have you found that there's kind of a a real difference in terms of what you're able to open up and uncover in the vulnerability that you can explore when it's more of a one-on-one scene for her? Totally.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it depends on who she's with like this season, there's more, Thaisa and Aquila have more scenes together. I would still like even more, but I'm happy that we have any at all. Um, and so that's a side of Thaisa, a really important side that only comes out around Akilah um, for obvious reasons. And then yeah, different, different people bring out different things in her when it's private, which I think I relate to. I think, um, Thaisa like me has a Scorpio rising and so different people get different sides of me that's for sure
0: do you do you often think about what the star signs of your characters might be
1: not really I more so think about Enneagram are you familiar with the Enneagram yeah 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 I'm way more interested in that um I probably because I know more about it but but yeah, it just was like a fun question to ask ourselves this season. Like, what do you think everyone's star signs are? And I can't figure out what Tysa's sun is. I think it could be Capricorn, could be Scorpio. She could be a double Scorpio. That's kind of intense.
0: <laughs> I love that you know, and and also in in diving into season two as well, we've seen throughout the first season a lot of the that kind of like mid state in terms of her sleepwalking and everything that that encompasses, and that's something that it feels like is just continuing to grow and it's a real expression of everything that she's going on internally. And a lot of those scenes are kind of interesting as an audience member, because there's times where you're not really sure if she's awake and conscious or if she's in a sleep state right away. Um, And so how, how did you find the cadence of what you wanted those scenes to feel like?
1: It was really hard to be honest, because we shot them completely out of order. We shot the first sleepwalking scene Last, it was one of my last scenes that I shot of the entire season, and I think that really had me thrown off, feeling like, shoot, I didn't get to establish this, which I think ultimately helped because Thaisa doesn't know what the heck is going on when she's in that state. But I, so I just kind of tried to like play around. I did different things each time. Like sometimes I made it feel like she was being pulled by something. Other times I wanted it to feel like she was following something because I don't know. So that really means that we can go any direction in the future. Yeah.
0: And Thais has also had a really interesting relationship with herself in terms of she's such a natural leader. And we see that right at the beginning of the show, we see that prevalent in the adult version of who she becomes down the road as well. But obviously, especially after Van's incident of being attacked, there's so much guilt that she's carrying in terms of feeling like she's failed in that regard. And it really felt like it shifted her dynamic and, and the way that she's interacting with other characters. And so especially going into season two, how did you view that relationship and that journey that she's going on within herself of, of that idea of how guilt and failure of this natural position that she'd always found herself in before? I love to hear that you saw that, but that's what you got because that's what I was going for. So that's wonderful.
1: Um This season, I would say that she's unraveling, I think that specific event with Van and trying to lead the girls to safety, like to rescue. Failing, I think that, like you said, she deeply internalized that. There's guilt, there's shame, there's judgment, probably even self-loathing and hatred. Um, I don't think she likes failure. She's an Enneagram three, a wing two. Um, So failure is not an option for her and she failed. So this season, I think she sees the snow and the elements not as her fault, but like we're trapped here now. We cannot leave because of the snow because I failed because I didn't get us out. And it's causing her to come undone in a way that's new. We saw Thaisa lose it or cry really once last season and it was when Van got attacked. And this season, like the girl can't stop. Like she's so out of control of her emotions and, and everything. Um, in a way that I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. I've only seen two episodes, so I don't know how any of this plays, <laughs> but I'm hoping that it
0: works. It really, really does, you know, and and even in terms of that, that journey and relationship with self, I love one of the choices that you felt so strongly about in season one, in terms of her relationship with her hair and feeling like, At the beginning, it's a way of her holding on to, you know, okay, this is how I'm gonna take care of my hair every day. and, And that semblance of a routine that she's carrying from home. And then that moment of really just shedding it and you actually cutting your own hair off within that scene, feeling like something important. But it wasn't even just that detail. It was like, you know, I've heard you mention that it was the ring she wore, the watch she wore, the necklace she wore and kind of shedding those emblems as well. And so once you had those physical elements that were stripped away from her, How did you really want to see the character completely change and evolve once she doesn't have those aspects anymore?
1: I love these questions. Thank you. I, yeah, I wanted to see who she would be without, yeah, without kind of any ties to home, like in the sense of physical ties, because of course I think it takes, I don't know actually what takes longer to lose, the physical ties or the psychological ties, um, like the roles that we play in the patriarchy they're no longer in the patriarchy when they're in the woods things like that um but for her to lose yeah like first of all her hair which was her choice but then all of these pieces that mean so much to her that I think tied her to certain people in her life who who do we become when all of that goes away who are we without the things that we've put on to make us who we are I don't know. And I think that she doesn't know. And that's part of what's happening this season. Who is she? She literally doesn't know in part because of the sleepwalking. Is this who I am? What am I doing when I'm sleepwalking? I'm so out of control when I'm asleep. I'm just out of control when I'm awake. It's, it's a lot to grapple with. And I think kind of teenagers already are grappling with those questions in the world. Like, Oh my God, I could not, in high school today with social media and vaping and tiktok it's just so much when you're already trying to figure out your identity i think stripping all of that away and going to the woods in some ways makes that easier and in some ways makes it harder it being who am i answering that question i don't know
0: it's it's also fascinating at this point to be watching all these characters this deep into how long they've been trapped there for, because you can't really have them in a complete state of panic all the time. There's certain things, there's certain tools that they've built for themselves, certain emotional walls that they've constructed in order to survive and certain things that probably have started to feel more normalized in terms of the experience and everything that they're going through. And so what do you think for Thaisa Are some of those elements of Maybe at the beginning this would have thrown her off kilter, but now that she's been through all of these experiences throughout the first season, these are ways that she's able to kind of navigate through in a very different way with less of a sense of immediacy and panic. The first thing that
1: comes to mind is Jackie being gone. I think that even though she would never admit it, I think Thaisa really felt Jackie as a threat, like a threat personally for so many reasons because Jackie symbolizes everything that Thaisa isn't. But also I think Jackie was a threat to the group, like her emotional state being so all over the place really was destabilizing and was a threat and that everyone might be torn apart because of her. So I think in a way there's like a bit of relief that she's gone. And I don't think that Taisa would ever admit that, but I think there's relief there and a sense of safety. But in terms of the day to day, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I'm just thinking about Taisa, cutting wood and like being the the wood chopper which is such a physical grueling job but I think that she needed that um, being that they're athletes and like she was able to release anger and things on the field before sometimes taking it too far and hurting Allie that now like that's a release for her um, a way to let go of anger and feel like she's in control um, and, and then little things like you know pooing and peeing in a bucket and taking it outside like I think at the beginning all of the girls would have freaked out at that and now it's just part of the day
0: and and as a person as well in in terms of kind of going back to that idea of of her leadership qualities one of the things that she's really adept at is really observing and understanding and reading people and really being able to look lock into their emotional space and and create space for them as well you know and again it goes back to that idea of looking at who she becomes as an adult and the way that that really serves her in a political career what what do you what have you found have been some of the real benefits or elements that that's really built into her in terms of just those observational qualities, especially when it comes to the group dynamic.
1: It's interesting. I heard Tani say recently that she thinks Thaisa, older Thaisa is a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Thaisa, younger Thaisa is a narcissist, which to me poses the question, like, is a narcissist born or made? I think both exist. It depends. But I think that those qualities that you just mentioned, being such a keen observer of what's going on with other people. I think that in the 96 timeline, when she's a teenager, it does first come more from like a pure place. Like she just happens to have strong instincts and understand people. But I would guess that as the seasons go on, that will become more manipulated and more calculated. I think a bit of that is starting to happen season two and It'll be interesting to see how people interpret her behavior in certain episodes. Like if she's really doing what she says she's doing or if she's playing a game. But I think all of the girls in different ways will learn to manipulate and at least the ones that survive because how else do you survive without a little manipulation?
0: And with speaking of Tawny as well, in terms of, of sharing this role, I love the fact that early on it, it was kind of, it felt like it's just so natural for the two of you to be sharing this character and and playing her and finding a lot of the essence, you know, without even needing to have deep discussions, but that it would be certain details like, does she say either or does she say either to make sure that the delivery was correct. And, you know, kind of similarly to working with the rest of the cast, what were some of the details that you wanted to touch base on for season two and some of the scripts you were getting or, you know, in the opposite direction of where did you feel like that wasn't necessary? Because again, the two of you have really just found this cadence and rhythm together with this character.
1: Yeah, we didn't touch base very much this season at all um, because we are just so in sync. And I think also because we have an understanding that this person... Changes like I know that I am not. I don't have the same speaking voice or mannerisms or perspective that I did ten years ago. So I'm sure twenty five years from now, I'll be a completely different person. I'm trying to think. I think we talked a little bit about sleepwalking stuff, um, and maybe a little bit about Van and Ty, but otherwise, yeah, we just we t- really trust each other with Ty and don't don't really worry about it.
0: I love that, you know, and and also with this character as well, you know, you're playing a character that's going through such extensive trauma and then you're talking, you know, you're talking there about the sleepwalking aspects. Have there been elements of either of those spaces for the character, which either at the beginning or along the way have been really helpful to dive into specific elements of research because you're playing a character who is experiencing trauma in real time without any time to process it. So I think that's such an interesting landscape to explore as an actor in terms of what that looks like.
1: That's so true. Yeah. Admittedly, I didn't do as much research as I could. Um, but I was just in a really raw, visceral, vulnerable place myself, having gone through a tragedy with my family this year, like in real time while filming. So I didn't really need to do any research at all. Um, I understood an element of what what was happening with with the girls. And like, it affected my sleep. It affected my mental health. Like, And that's one of those times where it's like art mirroring life in a way, or taking something really shitty and turning it into a gift, like having this real vulnerable, raw grief and having somewhere to put it is terrible, but also nice.
0: (laughs) I mean, even, even outside of what you're, what you're saying there, I imagine that this role as a whole is something that is very psychologically demanding and especially to live in that sort of space for such an elongated period of time and and to be filming on location and even just the physical aspects and what have you found to be some of either the psychological or the, or the physical challenges of really absorbing into a character in this sort of situation
1: yeah it's difficult to to let it go like i decided next season i need to have a wig um, which is so different for me. I usually really love to rock my natural hair, but I, I said I need a wig because I need to be able to take her off at the end of the day. And this season specifically because my hair is short and her hair is short, like sometimes I would wake up in the morning and my hair's all messed up and I would come to work and then they would just leave it. Like they wouldn't make it look better. Normally you go to work and they make you look better, but they'd be like, oh, it looks great. It looks bad. Um, And that was just too much connection for me. Like I need to, in the future, be able to take the character off because it is really heavy. Toward the end of this season, uh, my sleep was terrible. My anxiety was through the roof. I was having a lot of panic attacks and I just like casually mentioned that on set and a lot of people were in the same boat. So also in the future, like next season, I'm not gonna live where we shoot. I'm gonna like fly in and out on shoot days, which a lot of the older cast does. Um, I'm just gonna make sure that like my life isn't the show, that the show is just my work. Um, and I think that will help.
0: Cause, Cause I think on, I believe on this, the first season, the dynamic was that you would film the, the nineties stuff would be one week and then the, the present day cast would be the next. Was that the same with season two where it was kind of one week on one week off?
1: Um, not quite, but like more or less, but because we were shooting for season one, we shot on the stages season. I mean, season one, we shot on location. Season two, we shot the wilderness on stage, most of it, at least. So because we were on stage, it was a lot easier to like, go back and forth between the timelines. But I do. I did like it that way. It was nice to know. I have a week off every other week. I kind of hope we go back to that.
0: And I did also want to touch upon the relationship with Van going into the season because ever, ever since Van sustained her injuries and going back to that, that sense of self in terms of herself as a leader, it also feels like it's really infiltrated in terms of the guilt that she feels towards Van and feeling like I wasn't able to prevent this and stop this for you and to stop you going through this experience and you know, I've, I remember hearing you talk a little bit about their relationship and elements where it's almost like there's certain red flags that she sometimes ignores a little bit or certain things that she's more agreeable to because of that guilt. And so going into season two, what was the space of that dynamic that you wanted to create, especially with that idea of guilt that continues in mind? I love that question. I think that season two, yeah, there's
1: so much guilt. And also now that it's, we're like, in a box of snow we can't leave there are no other options I have to get through this so there's this feeling of like that's actually so funny because Taisa does not subscribe to the woo woo stuff Mm -hmm. but has to believe that like her entire good I mean her and Van are good or at least just like really be present with this person so I don't even know how to answer that I think she kind of is going back and forth a bit maybe, but I think there's just so much guilt that she is like, I'll do anything. I'm so
0: sorry, I'll do anything. I'm so sorry. And, and separate to the show, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your music, because you know, you've been self-releasing some tracks that you've written and created, and they're really, really fantastic. But I was surprised to hear that you had a little bit of hesitation initially, and it was a little bit of a journey into feeling confident enough to be in the space of starting to put out your own music. And so I was just very interested in in what that journey has been like for you from having a little bit of hesitation and then really finding that that space of confidence in that sort of expressive medium.
1: You know, it's the journey is like this, Um, I think, because it's so vulnerable and it's so personal and it really means so much to me. I recorded a few songs, put them out, and now I have a bunch of other songs that I haven't recorded yet um, that I would like to, but I keep just putting off. And I think it's it is partly a matter of time. Like, I'm really fortunate to be working, but it's also a fear and like not knowing how to find people, like how to find the producers. And like the music industry is just a whole other world that's scary and intimidating in a way that acting just isn't to me. Um, But then again, I've been doing this for 10 years. And so maybe I just need to just start and a few years from now, it won't be as scary.
0: Well, I really, really love all the episodes I've seen so far from the new season of Yellow Jackets. I think people are going to be just as connected to your performance and character as they were in season one. So congratulations on everything. And thank you so much, Jasmine. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was fantastic. I could talk to you for hours.
1: Thank you so much.